The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and JRAF Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. 36-yard line of Philly, shotgun snap to Hertz, dropping back, only one person rushing, Hertz looking, standing still, winding up, long pass, it lands at the 20, no one is there, zeros on the clock, it's over, it's over, the Chiefs have won, the Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal, trailing at 10. At the halftime stop, 24-14, they go on to win 38-35. What a game. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays. Sitting here with me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. And we are joined once again by a uh, a guest of the show. He's been here multiple times before, and we appreciate him joining us once again is Chad Henney. Chad, thanks for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. All right. So... We have a lot to talk about, Chad. It's been uh, not quite a year since you were here. You're in March last year. You had just retired. Uh, so how have things been uh, retirement-wise? Is it is it everything you thought it would be? Yeah, I mean, it's great to be around the family, coaching every kid's sport known to man, <laughs> You know, spending good quality time with the kids, with Brittany. Um, obviously in, you know, getting back into the Wilson program, helping out with them as well as kind of starting up my business and training quarterbacks in the area. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start right there. Cause I, I did want to get, uh, information on your, your business venture that you started. I know, uh, we saw it in action all uh, last summer. Uh, we got to see you on the field. So, uh, tell us about two, four, seven quarterback and, and what you want to do with that. Yeah, so uh, I kind of just started the thing. You know, obviously, Jim Contafio, my high school head coach, uh, has been doing it for years at SVS Sports. Um, so I was like, you know what? I can kind of do it on my own. But then I was like, you know what? I might need some help. <laughs> Jim has some great contacts. And we partnered up and been starting to do a lot of mini camps, some individual training. And uh, it, it's really, you know, hit, hit the wheels running. So it, it's been a lot of fun. You actually, you were at an SVS camp this morning, I believe, right? Yep. So we had one this morning at Lenko Fieldhouse from 8 to 11. Uh, a good turnout. I mean, it's it's great to see kids of all ages, whether it be high school from, you know, that age group down to eight years old. Um, kids that just really want to improve their fundamentals. And I love just, you know, being around them. Uh, everybody has a little nuance to them. And if I can inspire them in any way and teach them a little bit about quarterback play or just life in general, uh, I'm definitely here to get back. Well, and I, I think we've seen it already happen on the field local community. You became an assistant coach for your alma mater, all of our alma mater yep. at Wilson High School. Got to work with the the quarterbacks this year and kind of a, almost like an offensive analyst type uh, 
And uh, Tommy Hunsaker was uh, a revelation this season. He was named to the All-State team. So you had to have a pretty good year to make that cut, as you would know. Um, what, what was it like coming back to Wilson and getting to work with uh, a quarterback like Tommy? Yeah, I mean, it was great. Obviously, you know, the great Doug Doms, who obviously has been coaching for probably a half a century at Wilson. <laughs> um, but such a great staff. I mean, I couldn't be more happier uh, joining them, being a part of it, and just getting the feed of how Wilson football has been run throughout the years and just getting in and really in di- diving in with them and just having a blast this year. And obviously, Tommy, with a great year, I mean, that wasn't just because I came on board. Jeremy has done a phenomenal job with these kids and this offense. And like I said, it was just such a blast to be around that staff and the kids and such a great year. Yeah, yeah. You talk Doug Dums, Jeremy Palm, uh, all those coaches you got to work with. It was great to see you back on the staff. Though I know there had always been for years, you know, rumor what's what's going to happen. What's Ch- when Chad retires, you think he'll coach at Wilson? And uh, you know, you, you kind of always played it cool. You're like, yeah, you know, it'd be fun to get back into things. I don't know if right away if that's something I'll be doing. And then next thing you know, I'm taking your picture as an assistant <laughs> coach on uh, on picture day, and it finally the word finally gets out fully to everyone that. Yeah, he's going to be helping out this year. So it was great to have you back, uh, to see you working uh, the sidelines on Friday nights. That was always a, a lot of fun. And uh, well, we started off strong here, Justin, because Chad surprised us when he got here. He brought his Super Bowl rings, uh, which we had never seen in person and seen pictures of. Uh, so Justin and I obviously had to throw those on. And uh, they're, I mean, we, when you look at Super Bowl rings, you look at the photos, you can't even imagine what it's like in person to look and hold uh they're just gargantuan it's just insane yeah, I don't know uh, if they can see it or you can or... yeah the, this is this camera's on right now so you can hold them up a little higher there you go i don't know if they'll focus yeah there you go it's getting pretty good yeah so the light's a little bright but yeah they're a little shiny they're a little yeah. shiny there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of reflection. one's a little bigger than the other one you <laughs> yeah, know, that's yeah. a three-year difference right there <laughs> so what was it like getting that first one after the the first, you know, you're a Super Bowl champion now. Did that kind of put a bow on it? Be like, here's my ring. Here's this is my championship right here. Yeah. I mean, I think after 12 years, when you go through any business, I mean, and you try to work to the highest point of your profession and you finally get it, it just shows all the hard work and obviously not me personally, um, but as a team. Uh, it's just a great attribute uh, to really staying in. I mean, we always say those who stay uh, will be champions at Michigan. So I really stayed long enough to finally get one after year 12. And then <laughs> luckily enough, you know, th- uh, three years later, uh, you-, you know, I get my second one. So uh, definitely, you know, a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players that I played with that have helped me along the way and uh, to reach the highest point in my career. And just you you told us this right before we started, just to show how much of a, a business the NFL has to be. Just a few years difference between your championships and how many of you were still re- remained from your first title. Yeah, so fifteen players. So on that second one, it actually opens up. I'll try to open it up as slowly as I can. It opens, and then there is you know Arrowhead Field right there. And there were 15 of us that were on the the first (laughs) first Super Bowl. So there's two Lombardi trophies in uh, on the field where Arrowhead is, and there was 15 of us that won two, and those that only won one got one Lombardi trophy on the ring. So 
Uh, definitely a really cool attribute that Clark Hunt and the staff had done with this ring. Um, so yeah, 15 people after three years yeah. remained uh, and right. won Crazy a second. Turnover. There's, yeah. there's probably even less now right. that they're going back this year right. if they do have the opportunity to win another one. Yeah, and I obviously I don't want to stop talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but that's a, definitely a topic that'll come back in a few minutes. But I wanted to go back to your college days because uh, Michigan's on top of the college football world for the first time since what ninety seven ninety seven. So uh, it's been uh, many many years coming, many decades for that to happen again. Uh, but the two of you actually got to see the precursor to that, or the pre to the precursor. Um, you weren't both were at the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis. Yeah, Justin and I got to meet up. You know, uh, my mom actually reached out and said, "Hey, Justin, and his dad, and Austin are going to be down there in, in in Indianapolis." And so we met up. We had uh, uh, dinner the night before. Then we did what do they call the Big Ten? It's like the fan fest, fan or fest. Wh- whatever they call it. But like, yeah. So we enjoyed that. Oh, and yeah, the boys had quite the time. Yes, at at that man, that was. That was pretty cool. And we got to give a shout out to Austin. Obviously, you know, Justin came in today and he made some block M's <laughs> for my son Chase because they really tore it up down there in Indianapolis at the National Excellent. Championship game. So. Yes. Uh, Austin is, is one to, uh, he's got an artistic flair to him, Justin. He, he is, does like drawing. He has dropped off yes. a brief around my basement here. I have multiple uh, pieces of his artwork, one of which actually is, is you, Chad. So. Austin made this. Uh, oh, nice! This, uh, I forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, this, uh, this this stitched uh, Chad Henney Dolphins uh, uh, little bear. That might have been after I had a couple concussions. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, I mean that's awesome that you guys got to hook up and, and meet up and hang out at the Big Ten Championship, and uh, you know, Mission came out on top there, went on to uh, win their their semifinal game, and then take down Washington in the national title. And, and you were at that game as well. What was it like to? That was in Houston. Correct? That was in Houston, yeah. Well, what was it like to be uh, to be able to say you were there to witness your alma mater win the national? Yeah, title? I mean it was super cool. I mean, obviously, a lot of players that I played with went back to the game, and uh, just I mean, it was probably seventy percent Michigan fans to thirty. 30% Washington fans, so we... Which is probably like all the Washington fans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, be, we, we traveled well as Michigan alums, and, uh, you know, it was a great game, obviously. It was definitely one of those where you saw the size difference on the offensive line that overpowered them in the oh, run we're, game. We're aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but great game, <laughs> great atmosphere, and it was cool for my kids to get to witness that. Obviously, we went from Ohio State. We went to the Ohio State game as a family. Then we went to the Big Ten or the Big Ten championship game. It was just uh, Chase and I, and then national championship we went as a family. All four of you got to go. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's cool to be able to spend that, that time with your family, get to see all those events. Uh, the f- first year out of the NFL, and I you, know. get, you go I'm, back. I'm top. traveling. Yeah, you're, you're all over the place. You get to see a championship with your alma mater, and, and doing that with uh, your family, especially your son, multiple times. That's that's really cool. What it's a cool great to have the freedom to do that too. Like, it would have been cool. I'm sure you would have loved it, but like, if that would have happened during last year, yeah. you know, right. like. You, you would have been, been a little preoccupied. Where, yeah, like, a little you know, chaos. You're <laughs> prepping to go into the playoffs and right. Yeah. yeah. Does that come up uh, the the 
collegiate rivalry does that come up in nfl locker rooms a lot oh absolutely all the time absolutely yeah. i mean I, i'm not a betting person but i, I guarantee you there's a bet going on every week and <laughs> sometimes it's not even the teams that are playing like your alma maters it could be hey missouri's playing like georgia and you're like okay who wants to bet like we're, <laughs> we're betting big on this it's like all right guys calm down so team to team it happens how about do you get a lot of conference to conference? Like, is there a lot of Big Ten versus SEC? Do, do people draw lines in the sand there, too? Yeah, there's definitely some bragging rights. <laughs> and uh, obviously, everybody from the SEC thinks, you know... They're the best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're the best. And obviously, this year, we can say we are the best. We beat Alabama, which obviously has been a great yeah. program throughout the years. And uh, yeah, it's 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 great to see them back on top. And now we lost our head coach, so... <laughs> We'll see what happens, but we're in good hands with Coach Moore. Um, you know, he'll have to develop a staff. Obviously, uh, Jesse Minter left with Jim Harbaugh to mm-hmm. go to the Chargers, but I'm sure he'll do a great job as well. I feel like it says a lot when when a program is in a spot that when the coach leaves, they don't really need to like even interview. You know, like I'm I'm sure they sat down with him, but like they knew. He was their guy right away. Well, they away. saw him and do it this year. Yeah, I mean, right. he only coached right. in probably exactly. half the yeah, games. Exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, they knew he was their guy, um, you know, if they needed him. Sure. And it's a great opportunity for him. You yeah, know, he, he brought a lot of Tough circumstances this year, but he, he more than held his own this yes. year. So. Yeah. Did you have a lot of interaction with – Coach Harbaugh or Coach Moore over the last years, just as an alum, especially as a, as a high profile quarterback alumni of the university. Not really, but I mean, not that we never kept in contact. I mean, they would always, you know, send care packages, send letters, you know, wish you the best of luck. Um, but it was cool going back this year, the Ohio State game, going in the locker room, really meeting the guys face to face, and congratulating them on the win against Ohio State. But just to see their personality. And obviously Mike Hart, who I played with is the running back coach there. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but um, just really cool to meet them and, uh, you know, appreciate the alums that have gone through the same process. Did you have a guy that you thought popped off the screen uh, watching the Michigan games this year? You know, everyone knows the big names, but there was a guy that you really enjoyed watching, you know, was it JJ? Was it, Blake was it some defensive guy is there someone that stood out to you that you thought he was a lot of fun to watch play football yeah I mean Blake Quorum obviously you know is you know the the front runner I think you know for his size a statue I think he ran really hard JJ McCarthy obviously had one of the best seasons and obviously like they said there he might be the greatest quarterback in Michigan which you can't disagree. I mean, with the 27-1 record, I would take that record over my records any day uh, <laughs> to get that national championship, three Big Ten championships. So he did one heck of a job, and I, I wish him all the best of success in the NFL as well. Do you think it's going to be a tough job for Coach Moore this next year with the amount of talent that, that they're leaving behind? Do you think it's going to be uh, – Tough to repeat was, as champions. I was a little surprised, and I know the college game is different. We were talking a little bit about that now in terms of how teams can rebuild. But I think it was at the Big Ten Championship. They talked. They mentioned something like there were like forty four seniors or graduate students on the roster this year. And just from, I was like, wow, that that was surprising. Now I knew they had returned a lot from the year before that wanted to finish the job that sure. they didn't get done last year. But like, I was like, wow, that's half of a roster. But that's in terms of guys that see the field, right. you know, that's maybe not, I know it's not literally all of them, but it's a lot of them. And yeah. then also like just having that depth in college is just so different than yeah. the, 
53 or 49 or 48 40, guys that get to go on a Sunday yeah. from the pros. Yeah, I mean, I think there was 19 guys that entered the NFL, you know, <laughs> draft. So that's an insane number. Yeah. And well, maybe yeah. Jim had a little like inkling and was like, all right, I'm missing, <laughs> I'm obviously losing the best quarterback, best running back. Our offensive line might shake up. We'll see where they right. go. Um, so this isn't a knock on Ann Arbor. I do that sometimes, but this isn't one. Um, but like, if somebody's gonna pay you a lot of money and you can live in Southern California, like I, you know, I visit, I visited Southern California multiple times. So I'm like, oh, it's cool to visit, but like, probably not the place for me to live. But like, if you have, you know, the kind of money he's gonna be making yeah. as a coach out there, there, there are worst places sure. where you could live. You know, Absolutely. like, <laughs> and he's got a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert. Yeah. So. Uh, He's definitely going to, you know, install some of the run game, kind of take the pressure off of Justin and try to establish that program, except for they're in the AFC West. So, yeah, uh, it's yeah. going to be difficult to beat Patrick Mahomes multiple times in a year. So uh, last collegiate related question, and Justin kind of started to allude to it, and we could do an entire show on this topic. But this one came up a bunch uh, in texts and messages and emails, but just your kind of thoughts about college football and the way things have gone the last few years with NIL endorsements and uh, the transfer portal. What is your reaction to the way things have changed just over the last you know three years versus when, when you were there? Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I can see why Jim Harbaugh left because that's it's a headache. I mean, kids are transferring, entering the portal, and they're entering very early. They don't even get in to like the end of the season and right. they can leave. Yep. And so I think they're going to have to bump that back at least, you know, a week after the season just to keep it fair. They were talking about how like Saban and eventually Michigan were at such a disadvantage by being good. Sure. Because they are the last ones to be able to enter this, oh, we lost our head coach. And then you end up in a spot where, oh, we lost, or Washington for that matter. Right, yeah. Like, they lost their head coach, and then all of a sudden, like, you're trying to do this thing where everybody's been in this market for weeks already. You know, like, it's really it's really tough. And we talk, it's the pendulum has swung. Like, sure. before when it was like the coaches could come and go and the kids were stuck for better or worse, or, you know, you had coaches who might be like spiteful for whatever reason, not let someone transfer who wasn't ever going to see the field somewhere. Like that wasn't right either. Right. Yeah. But it is kind of chaotic. Sure. (laughs) I think, I think they need to switch it over just like the NFL does put an AFC, NFC or whatever you want to do two conferences, you know, have divisions, play the games go in. obviously still the college football playoff, have a cap, yeah, on it, these kids because it's going that direction. Yeah, so, right. I mean, obviously the Texas well, schools and the people that have tons of money, you know, oil money, like right. they can pay whoever they want. Right. And I think, I mean, JJ McCarthy. I even asked, I was like, okay, what's this guy getting paid at Michigan? And he was actually on the low end for how successful he was mm-hmm. when other kids are making almost yeah. quadruple the amount of money that he's making. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I we Joey and I have kind of had a similar approach. Like it's not our it's not our favorite thing. Like I'm not opposed to the guys getting anything. Sure. Like no, because no. I, NIL, especially at the high ends, like they bring in so much value to the university. And yeah, NIL at, at its surface is what I think is it, it's it's necessary. It should have been there, 
I, it's feels like it's like chaotic, I think is a great way to describe it. Like you said, it's just everything just kind of downfall. You know, like there was just this waterfall effect, this snowball effect that just sure. happened when the NCAA was kind of like, eh, we're going to back off on this because we're going to get slapped with antitrust <laughs> violations or right. we're going to face right. lawsuits. So, spoiler, you're facing lawsuits anyways. Yeah. As we just found out from Tennessee Inspire Sports and their AG and Virginia joined in. So um, NCAA football is at a reckoning. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to take years to sort everything out. Uh, it's not what we grew up on watching in the 90s. It's not how you played in the 2000s. It's... It's it's wonky. It, it's yeah. weird. Uh, it's certainly better for the players. I think like that's obvious by and large, at least you know. Or, in the or, immediacy, in the immediacy, we'll see how it plans out. But I think by you know we're talking. I mean, it's twenty twenty four, but I think by the early twenty thirties, we're probably talking like almost like. I mean, we're already in yeah. NFL minor leagues well, is what college has been a developmental the, league for how long. You're going to have something that's the almost The Athletic reported this week, what? Big Ten and SEC Big have Ten already and started SEC getting and everybody together. Else. Like, yeah. What's our path forward here? Right. Yeah. You know, and I, and I and, think it's not even the colleges now. Now you're looking at high school as well. Like, we're trying to help our kids get recruited, but then kids transfer in. You're like, okay, well, where did he come from? Oh, right. we're paying him. Right. And now the high school kids are at a dis- disadvantage right. as well because right. they step on really not knowing up. somebody was going to go like yep. join the program. And now they're like, oh, wait, I thought I was like two or three. Now I'm, I'm five. five right? right. Yeah. The time that's one thing the timeline needs to be fixed. You have multiple you have multiple signing windows for the high school recruits. You have multiple transfer windows for the existing college players. Uh, and it, it's tough because I do understand the side where like, oh hey, we want to get these kids in for a second semester. Sure. You know? And get in the spring Put ball it, and right, do this right. And, and if they're here for spring ball, then you know, like then they've got it, you know, especially some of the positions. I don't want to say it might not matter, but it definitely matters more at some positions than others, you know? And so like, oh, we want to get this kid in. And so he's throwing with this guy all year, you know, it's a tough spot. And yeah, like I said, hopefully, hopefully hopefully it it comes back, (laughs) it comes back and we can have this area where like, all right, this is more of what we envisioned, but like. I think we're, we've got a bit of a road until we get there. Well, if there's point. an entity I'd want tackling this besides the NCAA, it's definitely the U.S. federal government because we all know that they'll get stuff done. That, so. I mean, if they when they pair up with the NCAA, it's just efficiency it's just the be- defined. The t- right? My two favorite entities in the world coming together. What what could be better? So uh, the best thing to come out of NIL is something that'll be coming out this summer, and that yes. is a college football video game, which you have been sorely lacking. Uh, thankfully, we got to go back in time. And when Chad, you were in the NCAA games. Well, you were not technically in the game, but sure. everyone no knew name that on the back of the jersey. right. Exactly <laughs> number number seven in there from uh, Reading, PA, or whatever it said. Um, but the, you know, a whole generation of college players didn't get to see even a fake them in the game. Now they'll get a real them in the game. It, it looks that way. And uh, Justin and I have been looking forward to that for a while because for the last two springs, we've been playing the last game that came out, which had. Uh, uh, Michigan quarterback on the cover. And Denard Robinson. Yeah, Denard Robinson was nope. on the cover. Shoelace. Shoelace. So, we're, yeah, we've been playing through that as the Florida Atlantic Owls. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> we're uh, in, uh, what, year four, I think? I think so. We just won a national championship. So. That's right. Nice. Florida Atlantic, baby. <laughs> All right. So. PCS. <laughs> yeah, you guys right. are still playing 12-year-olds or are you guys playing adults? <laughs> um, so, um, 
I had a, a couple of Michigan things up for Chad while we were talking about that, including the Redding Eagle, Redding Eagle article when you uh, picked Michigan uh, in August 2003. Your mom said she loves the picture uh, <laughs> from that article. And also, uh, shout out to your dad celebrating a birthday, birthday today. Yep, yep. So, big yeah. birthday for Sheldon Henney. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. All right, so well, let's move on to the NFL now. And... Uh, the Super Bowl is here coming up a week from tonight. Justin always defer to the NFL. We don't have a show that night. We don't want to take any listeners away from uh, from the big <laughs> game. So we always let them have that that night. Um, one last question, and this is one that came up all the time. My dad also asked about uh, now that you're you know a year away from the team, do you still have a lot of contact with your teammates and, and coaches, especially uh, Andy and Patrick, who you've already mentioned tonight, but uh, – that a lot of people want to know, you know, what is your relationship with the, the Chiefs right now? Yeah, I, I keep it all uh, almost weekly thing with Patrick, especially when the playoffs hit. Uh, I just sent him a text of encouragement, just something that I've seen, whether it be decisive, be aggressive. You might have to use your feet here. Uh, let the game come to you. Like I sent him, you know, bits and pieces of the texts. He was in the text and he replies back always, you know, thank you. And uh, I'm so happy for him. Obviously, we've seen the ups and downs of the season and uh any words of encouragement when you're in those positions from anybody and obviously i was with them for five years and even matt Nagy, uh just keep in contact with them andy reed send the text just really proud of this group and what they've done and accomplished and hopefully one more and they get the big game it seemed that this was the first year of a lot of adversity for for them uh, there was a lot of questions about the offense throughout the season. Uh, a lot of young receivers. What's it like as a quarterback to have to break in a young group and maybe some veterans moved on for whatever reason? How is it to get a young group on the same page and understand how the NFL game works? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Coach Reed's offense isn't an easy one for any young person to come in there. And so that's why you saw some of the struggles, probably overthinking a little bit, understanding, okay, I can run it this way, but I can also sit in this zone. We obviously see Travis Kelsey kind of do <laughs> his nuanced stuff and, you know, go off, you know, script a lot of times in the game. But for a young guy, it's really almost just drawing the straight lines and just kind of being in those areas. And if you do have an option round or field, then you can, you know, work with Patrick on that. But I could see the frustration and obviously a two new offensive tackles as well to add into that group. Um, so, you know, we had a lot of penalties for our right tackle on the right side uh, throughout Juwan the Taylor. Yeah, Juwan Taylor. So, he he's um, not saying he's a liability, but he does get a lot of penalties, right. and uh, you know we we can clean that up as well. But just a lot of new faces, and the best the best thing about it is that our defense and our young defense that probably has struggled not struggled throughout the years, but you know was behind the curve from our offense because we were so high powered. Um, really came along and played extremely extremely well and kept us in a lot of games. So. Really shout out to Spags and what he's done with that defensive side. And then you obviously know what Patrick's going to do. Like everybody is doubting it. And it's like, no, you got to realize this guy's a two time MVP, two time Super Bowl guy. When the light shines, he's going to go out and perform and be at his best. And that's what he's been throughout these playoffs. Travis, the same way. And it's been really fun to watch this whole team come, come together. Yeah. Uh, watching the team's performance last week, which much to the chagrin of, 
your mom, who said she didn't want us to move on to the NFL topic. Yes, She'd rather we'd yes. stay in the collegiate <laughs> realm because uh, uh, his mom's Ravens fan. Yep, big Ravens fan. Big Ravens yep. fan. So, uh, you know, obviously she wasn't uh, happy with the outcome last week, but it was very impressive to see. Well, and not, I don't think there's so many people, the Chiefs fans were and Chiefs supporters were not doubting Patrick Mahomes, but I feel like a lot around the league were doubting that he was going to be able to do what he did once playoff came around because of the struggles that we saw this year. And people were like, oh, you know, they, they lucked out. They beat Buffalo, but Buffalo wasn't, you know, there's always the Buffalo is the greatest team in the world. And oh, Buffalo wasn't this strong this year. And when they when they lose and, and the Chiefs won, everyone was just like, well, you know, well, this wasn't Buffalo's best team. Right. The but, injuries, like yeah, everything. Right. There's always, know, an, there's an, always excuse, an excuse. Yeah. And obviously big big time players come through in big time moments. And I laughed at some of the rankings, like even last week they ranked the quarterbacks and Patrick was number four. <laughs> and I was just like, you guys like Purdy was one. Who are these people? Like golf was like two. And then Lamar was three and Patrick was four. And I was like, okay, we'll see how this plays out. Do you see, and I, I know you're on um, Twitter and Instagram or X and Instagram. Sure. Do you see a lot of people turning on Patrick and the Chiefs just because they feel like we're in a Patriots situation where everyone hates the winners? Sure, absolutely. And I think the more you win, the, the more people, people don't right. want to see right. that same team well, keep making it. To kind of go back, you know, like people are like, "Oh, you, you know, you, you are mad at Michigan because you're jealous," and I'm like. Yes, that's 100% that's exactly it. Like, I mean, I, I'm very jealous. Like, <laughs> I'm not, this is fandom we're talking about. I'm not like too proud to admit it. Yes, I'm We don't jealous. have to be level headed about this. Like, it's funny though, because with, with the Chiefs, like, I don't feel that way. I think in part, like, yeah, like last year, that, that stank. Cause sure. like, I wanted the Eagles to win, obviously. Uh, no that offense. was good. Yeah, was, but like, but I was, I was like, happy. I was like, okay, cause you were on the team. Like I like Andy still, and I know there's this group that so, say like yeah, weird. that like a uh, Philly fans or people who are like Philly fans adjacent, like who like speak for Philly fans sometimes. Are like, oh, that was so long ago. I'm like, I get that, but like, I still like him. Like, I I like Andy. Yeah. Like I like Patrick Mahomes. Like he's fun to watch. Like he's really good. I like the Kelsey brothers, both of them. Like yeah. I'm just like I don't. I don't know. And I'll tell you what, I'm not rooting for San Francisco. So like those two things combined, like I'm absolutely rooting for the chiefs. Like, and you know what? Maybe that's not, maybe that's not how it was like with the Patriots for me, but like, I don't know. It was just different. It was was tougher for me being a Dolphins fan to ever. Absolutely. If it was, if it was an, if it was an East, right. If this was the commanders, the giants, right. I won't even mention the other one. Oh gosh. (laughs) My my dad will in a second. Just give him some time. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, But so let's see, where do we want to go here? See if I can pull up a couple more questions. Oh man. Well, what did you, see in the Chiefs playoffs games um, that you think will lead them to victory against the 49ers? Is there a difference that you've seen in the playoffs versus the regular season that you think this is the Chiefs team that we expected this year and that can raise another Lombardi? Well, first of all, I mean, talking about the defense, I mean, they've been superb throughout this whole you know year, really. But um, Patrick really using the check down passes 
has been tremendous. I mean, you saw it last week. He got the ball out quick. He didn't allow the rush to get to him. He got it to a playmaker's hand, and they created the yak yards after the catch. And I think if he stays on time and they use their spatial awareness, and 49ers really aren't a man defense Mm. so they're going to play a lot of zone and rely on that front four to create pressure so that's going to be difficult because travis is obviously going to find his space Rasheed rice has done a tremendous job really stepped up Um, just another one of those guys and i know it's not all coach reed but like he's just another one of those guys that like finds his way onto an andy reed team and you're just like where'd this guy come from you know like yeah and He's then you see really Pacheco, well. Pacheco mm-hmm. and the run Again, game. Like, yeah. so now they're taking a lot of pressure off the young receivers as well. So they're staying balanced as an offense, which is great because that plays in our hand. Because then when we have explosive plays and Patrick does his magic, then it's like, oh no, how are we going to defend this Chiefs team if our defense keeps playing? And he said in an inter- interview, he said, why should I take the shot when my defense is playing so well? Why don't I just get the ball out and I have to punt? At least the ball's in our favor. We change field position, which is always obviously always a winning factor in a game. So he's really become a smarter player in this playoffs and has done a great job as well. Well, and that's the thing too. Like you think about it, he's had all the success and he's what, like six years in? Something something yep. like that. Like it's Seven. just yeah, it's just crazy because like he's still he's still learning. Sure. Like, you know, the physical stuff you know, that, that changes, but like the learning stuff in, in theory only gets better, you know, like that's that's not fun to think about. It's always always hard to like, especially when you have a young phenom, like, Hey, like, all right, I understand you're reading top down, which means you're reading the vertical Mm -hmm. first and then you're working your way to intermediate to the check down. And in the beginning, it's like haymaker after haymaker and coach Reed just keeps calling. It's like, Geez, I'm sitting on the side. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, hey, Patrick, like one of these times, just like get the ball to the back and he actually will probably get 10 yards before anybody will touch because the defense drops so far back. And now that he's realizing that, that the defense is playing well and that he has that in his favor, it's kind of the sky's the limit right now. Right. Yeah, that's – it's crazy. Um before we go on and ask you about the 49ers, you, you just said that you talked to Patrick, you know, like the weekly check-in, you talked to him, and then it kind of ramped up a little in the playoffs. How about during the regular season when they were going through those struggles? Was there something that you, you know, talked about, is, uh, specifically football field or something, just take his mind off it? Because, you know, you guys are uber competitive. I'm sure Patrick wasn't feeling great when they're, Lou, what was it? Three out of five or four out of six, whatever it was. They had the, the struggles, you know, mid, 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 late season. Um, did anything come up differently during that time or was it just all kind of staying the same? Yeah, um, I think the one text that I sent out to uh, Matt Nagy, who's the offensive coordinator, it's actually a poem that Lloyd Carr used to preach to us when I was in school. It's uh, Rudyard Kipling, it's Man in the Arena. And it's really like everybody outside that building is always against you, but you're the man in the arena that's going through everything that everybody sees. And they just don't understand how difficult it is to win throughout this, you know, whole process or just in life. And I sent that out to Matt and at the downtime of the, of the season, 
And he was like, wow, he's like, that actually hit home. And I don't know if he shared it. And obviously I, I would never say, you know, whether he shared it to the team or not. But I felt like at that moment, it was just one of those like, all right, let's just look at ourselves. Like, let's not worry about everybody around us that's doubting us. We can't do this. We're, you know, we're not going to give what they want. And that's an excuse. And for a while, obviously, we saw like against the Buffalo game, okay, he's offsides and then throw right. it back. And that was a little pity patty. Like, I didn't really like how we handled that. Like, he was offsides. Like, like, come on. As a wide receiver, yeah. you check the line, mm-hmm. you see the referee. He never double checked with the wide, uh, referee. Yeah. He just li- looked, okay, down, and then he's offsides. And that obviously was a game changer. And we couldn't one up in that game and beat Buffalo. But at the same time, you just got to look at yourself in the mirror a lot of the times and say, what can I personally do better? And if I can fix my personal problems, then we can, as a team, come together and fix it, you know, you know, all around, not just, you know, one, one piece at a time. I think what was impressive to me about that for you had them, they didn't double down. They backed off. They... You know, they were mad about it in the moment, obviously understood, even if it wasn't maybe necessarily appropriate. Once you cool off, you cooler heads prevail. There were some, you know, they were they were, they were upset. They voiced that. But then I think after they calmed down, they took a look at everything and were kind of like, we're moving on. Yeah. Like it, 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 it wasn't the wrong call. Like sure. they, they kind of accepted it. Yeah. And Coach Reed, I mean, that Monday meeting, I guarantee that was the first thing. Like, let's look at ourselves in the mirror. Like, he's always the first one. Obviously, the positive is winning the game. Like, that's always a positive. How can we get better from that? How can we learn if we lost or won to get better as a team each and every week? And usually that Monday meeting or Tuesday meeting when we meet, is a quick five minute lash of what happened next week or last week, and then you move on to the next game. Like it's over with. We can't do anything about what happened, whether we win or lose. Let's get on to the next opponent because if we let it dwell on ourselves, we're just gonna carry that into the next game and good things aren't gonna happen. Now is that something, you know, without asking you like too many like specifics, but is that something that is like kind of unique to like Coach Reed, in terms of like how quickly he moves on, like are there some locker rooms that that you know of, whether they're ones that you were in or not, where they, like maybe they just they dwell on those things more, or is that more? Yeah, the, of, I like, mean, there are there are the micromanager <laughs> coaches out there, right? That look at every stat of the game. Hey, if we had one more yard on this third down, obviously we'll be better in this situation. And they all oh, red zone. This percentage needs a little bit higher. Coach Reed's not like that. He's right. like, all right, let's just get the damn first down and right, let's just right. move on. And we the, didn't do it. How can we get better? How can we change right. up our scheme to make it go better? And that's really good because I'm sure they still get all that information from all the analysts and everybody sure. crunching those numbers. But then to filter that down, that message down, because like you guys don't need that. You know, yeah. you need to, hey, we need to make sure that if we need eight that we go nine, you know, like we don't, we don't run that route at seven, you know, like that's all you need. You don't need the, right. Well, Hey, like, you know, this, you need the bigger picture. You want the meat and potatoes. Don't overwhelm me with analytics. Sure. Use those to help formulate a game plan, but don't use them as a reason why we lost. Right. Yeah. So 
I want to talk about the 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs opponent in Super Bowl 58, but they had to beat the Detroit Lions to get there. And since we were just talking about <laughs> analytics, that's something that came up a lot in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Dan Campbell's kind of been that risk taker uh, throughout the whole year, so he stayed true to himself. But there are a couple times that uh, it bit him, and people feel like it may have cost their team the game. We never know how things would have played out if he would have gotten one or both those first uh, first downs on fourth, or if he would have kicked field goals or, or whatever. Uh, what, what's your opinion as a player when you see a coach that is that that aggressive uh, on fourth down, especially if it's in a big game? Uh, what are your feelings as a player when you when you're playing for a coach like that? Well, I think I mean anybody in that locker room, and I I know Dan from Miami days, mm-hmm. and Dan's like I mean straightforward as can be. Like <laughs> he just wants you to be a good person and just play really hard football. Like I get it. At the same time, like the analytical part, they don't take in the situation of the game, right? They just know numbers. Hey, well it's fourth and two, fourth and three. The probability, yes, go for it, but mm-hmm. let's see what the other team is. Are they doing anything on offense or defense? How about the crowd noise? Like, none of that plays a factor in analytics. Right. It's just like, it's, just raw it's numbers. all numbers that are just sat out there. And for him to go for it and who he is, I mean, I don't doubt him. And I guarantee you anybody in that locker room was all on board. They're like, heck yeah. Like, Patrick, most of the times, like, if you see third and one, we run <laughs> the ball, we don't, we don't get it. He's saying, Coach Reed, let's go. let's go. We're going for it now because more than likely if they ran the ball in third and one, they're going for it, and they don't get it, they're going for it on fourth down. Yeah. Well, but, and a couple of the plays were there. Yeah, I they mean, they make, had drops. You know, they yeah, didn't make they the had play. drops. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, I know Justin's got a history with the 49ers because of the Eagles stuff last year. I, not, I don't Not crazy. Like, to be clear, while I won't root for them in the Super Bowl, I would have I would have rooted for them over the Cowboys in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Like if that's like, there's many levels right, of uh, right, hatred, right? right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Of disdain. Yes. Um, but oh man, now I forget where I was going with that. Sorry, <laughs> you put push the push me off the track. Yeah, but I, I mean, Dan, I think Dan, like, I mean, let it be. Everybody can criticize everything when it doesn't go right. Oh right, absolutely. But if it goes right, or, or when it goes wrong. But when it goes right, then it's like, oh, he's the greatest coach that right. ever coached. Right. If they win that game. And make those conversions, then everybody's giving him all the credit. Right. You know, and it's just like, like the red for... zone play, like on third down, he yeah. ran the ball. But what if it'll bust it in and score? Like, do I agree in that situation? Because then you burn that timeout. Yeah. You have yeah. that three yeah. timeouts at the end. You can stop the clock and actually get the ball back with minimal time, but you still have an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but. I, I just say stay true to who you are throughout the process, and the the players will buy in. I honestly think once the shock value of the failed fourth downs, don't kick the field goal to go up 17 or whatever it was, I think more people, after thinking about it, rewatching the games, more faulted the third down run than the fourth down yeah. attempts because of the end of game situation. Right. You're you're losing that timeout. You're, the clock is your worst enemy right now. Exactly. Uh yeah, it was interesting to watch live. Uh, I think a, a wide portion of the country was rooting for the Lions just because you it's the, un, the underdog, underdog story, right? Yep. Never made the the Super Bowl. Obviously, Austin couldn't believe that. He's like, wait, wait they've, they've never, never been in the Super Bowl? I'm like, buddy, no. They've been like, honestly, they haven't as the even exact been opposite as you could be for yeah. like almost my entire life. There was a stretch there early 90s where they were good. But, yeah. Yeah, or, but yeah. not... But not Super Bowl good. Like, but the Eagles smoked them in that one I know, playoff I game, like fifty yeah. some points. So, 
Yeah, um, well, let's talk about the 49ers, opponents to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. And they've got Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, uh, second year as a starter, kind of came out of nowhere. There's been a lot of stories going around about how the 49ers were kind of figuring out that they might have something with Brock Purdy uh, in training camp you know, a year ago when he was a rookie. Burst onto the scenes, had a fantastic rookie season. Unfortunately for them, injured in the com- NFC Championship game last year, which they clearly would have beat the Eagles if he was healthy. I, I can't stand that. <laughs> Hey, no. they feel free, feel free to block. <laughs> and early in the Detroit game, it was like the same play. They didn't block like Hutchinson or someone well, yeah, like well, coming off the edge. And he you just, don't need to block him. Just like smoked him in the arm. And I'm just like, here we go again. I'm like, oh, didn't learn. Right. 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 Hassan Reddick, Aiden Hutchinson, right. back to back years. Yeah. What are we going to do? But uh, I had another great year. You know, they like kind of like the Chiefs. They had a, a three game slide randomly in the middle of the year. And people weren't sure they could get it done. Struggle against the Ravens on Christmas. Some questions there, but here we are, San Francisco. By and large, the team most people thought it would be them or the Eagles representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. It is the 49ers led by Brock Purdy. What have you seen from Brock uh, these first two years of his career? What does he uh, look like as a quarterback? Uh, What are your opinions on him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a tremendous job. I mean, for a second-year guy to to make two NFC championship, win one, go to a Super Bowl, and obviously last year lose it, but... Um, he's just, I mean, obviously has a lot of playmakers, but he's making plays late in the game that you don't see a lot of young guys make. And he really puts the team on the, on the back of his you know shoulders and just rides it through. And he makes the plays, like I said, when they need to be, um, there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, is he locking on one receiver rather than progressing through where he could hit another guy? Yes. But that's, that's the progress, the process, like. At a young age, you're not just going to be sitting here. I'm going to pick out this and do this and that. But he's taken it by reins, and I think he's just he's just a baller. Like when the time, the moment you see him gets too big for him, it never is. Like he always rises above the occasion and has done a great job. I think that was the biggest thing that people were looking for. People doing the yeah, but with him in terms of look at all the talent that's around him. He hasn't had to win a game yet. All the other people, you know, it's McCaffrey and it's Debo, it's Ayuk, it's Kittle, uh, it's Trent Williams in the line. Like everyone's making excuses. Like it's not, it's not Purdy. It's everyone else. Right. And then now both playoff games, he had to show what he was made of and was able to help his team come back and hold on and win, win playoff games. Yeah. He hasn't started very well in a lot of these playoff games, but at the end, he really puts a drive together just like last week, drives them down, makes some nice, good decisions, uh, throwing the football and gets them in the end zone. So it, it's going to be an exciting game to see him play in this moment and, you know, see what he really turns out to be. Is there an aspect of his game and his young career that leads you to believe that he's that he's here to stay? Like this is the 49ers quarterback for the next foreseeable future? Absolutely. I mean, I think the system itself, I mean, with the run game, the outside zone, and then the bootlegs that come off with obviously they're not going to keep every player because they can't. So you can win with a rookie quarterback that you're not paying, right? Right. Once well, that quarterback gets paid. Now you're losing, not that you're going to lose right. Kittle, right. but you're going to lose, uh, McCaffrey will stay, but Debo Samuel's probably gone. Or Ayuk. Ayuk's, one of the, like, they're going to be gone. Right. Uh, Bosa obviously will stay because he signed a big contract. Well, and they don't have Purdy for the extra year, so he'll have two years left, right? Oh, right, yeah. You because know, because he, he wasn't a first, first rounder. rounder. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and they go through all the things we were talking about NIL before. They were listing all the, like, there are a ton of college football quarterbacks making more than Brock Purdy this year than Brock Purdy does. Like, just like, it's just crazy. I mean, I'm sure he's making a nice marketing, but I'm sure he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just banking a lot right now. You know, like, he's building up a lot of goodwill for that uh, contract, that extension that'll be coming his way. But even his press press conferences, I mean, he speaks well. Like, Mm -hmm. he says the right things. Like, even when Bosa went up to him and said, Did you ever think you were going to be this good? And he's like, Well, I think I could have been better in this game. Like, that's the right attitude to play. Like, even though, yeah, the demeanor and everything that he went through and really just at the end of the games has come along, it's really tremendous. And knowing that he's only in his second year. Well, that's got to be so hard. Like being, being that, that aspect of like being the quarterback, right? Like the football stuff is hard enough. You know, you, you make that jump to the pro level and I'm sure it's just insane. Cause like now everybody is an NFL player, you know, like, but then you have all those other things of like, Oh, now I've got to go sit in a press conference after I made a bad throw late in a game, you know? And how do I deal with this? Because I'm angry, but I can't go into that press conference angry. Or maybe I messed up. Maybe the receiver ran the wrong route, but sure. I can't go in. Like that's the mature. That's hard you to have do to become as like very a, like mature tw- at a young, young twenty-some-year-old for sure. Like, Absolutely, that's crazy. So. I, I a lot of people wanted to know, you know, are you still a Chiefs guy? Is that your team now? Are you rooting for the Chiefs like forever and always? I think you've made it pretty clear that at least right now you're still yeah, a pretty big. I mean, Chiefs right guy. now, because just because I mean, I'm a year out. Obviously, the players that I played with, I always root for them. And obviously, Kansas City, I've been there for the last five years, so a lot of the same guys and Coach Reed, and you know, he's helped me obviously a lot in my career so like i'll root for the guys that i've always played with and right now i'm hot off the chiefs sure. so it's like I, yeah. I mean yeah i'm really you got for the you got the hat on and yeah, everything you're ready to roll you got the you got the rings here kc logos everywhere i don't think anyone's surprised by that and nor nor uh nor am i but um how about you know we talked about coach reed a lot uh, a lot already you just mentioned him one of the things that's come up recently my, my dad wanted to know what you thought about it was do you think he's nearing retirement? He kind of brushes it off. Uh, he hasn't been as crystal clear about it, but you know, you get all these you know sources say anonymous people saying, "Oh, this could be this could be Andy Reid." Belichick's song. coming to the Chiefs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you know? What do you think about Coach Reed? Do you think he's nearing the end, or do you think he's ready to go for another five years? No, I think he's going to stay for as long as he can. I mean, he's a football guy through and through, and it's hard for those guys to step outside. Like, when you've been doing it for so long, like, how do you go about life without football? And he's one of those guys that has such a tremendous mind that I think, not that he's going to be a Monty Kiffin that works till he's 80 or 82 <laughs> or whatever it was, but he's definitely going to be up there. And I could see him working until he's 70. Um, uh, he's just too good of a mind, and he just loves the game so much. And when you have a quarterback that's going to be a future Hall of Famer, why not ride it out until it ends? Yeah. Yeah, definitely making it difficult to walk on. <laughs> For sure. Well, and like, you know, this is – it's crazy to me, like, you know, he has a chance to win his third. Right. Has been to five, five right? Yeah. yeah. Five, yeah. Like. One, one in Green Bay. Oh, that's right. I'm oh, t- oh, not no, even no, no. thinking I, about I, assistant I, I coach. Thinking, yeah. yeah, it's the Eagles. The Eagles oh, okay, lost, yeah. Eagles when was the Eagles? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he won right. as assistant. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Like looking back at that, those like those Holmgren teams with those mid nineties, yeah, like those assistants were yeah. just. Yeah, I mean, yeah, forever. Gruden. I mean, all those right. guys. Right. Was kind of like what well, everyone talks about Shanahan tree now. Yep. Like right. how ridiculous right. that has gotten. And we look back at the 2013 Washington team. All those guys are head, like what all six right. of them, seven yep. of them are head coaches now. Yep, it's bizarre. Yeah, but like it, it's just wild. You know, like you're getting up there. And again, I I'm biased. I like I like Coach Reed a lot, but I'm just like, man, you start to get to three, you're like up there among. You're not like just in, oh, you're one of the best of all time. Like you're like talking like, all right, here's like three or five that we're gonna talk about, and you're you're solidly in that group. You yeah, know, right. and it's just like he, that, he, that's crazy. He I think is. I, yeah, to me I, he I, is. I, right. To me yeah, he is, but right. like that's one of those sure. where it's like right. I don't know if I'm putting him there because right. he's not. But well, like I I'm don't have like, a tie to him in any way. Right. I was not right. an Eagles fan. Uh, I always liked him in Philadelphia. I thought he got a raw deal at times, but I feel like it's really hard to discount him what he's been able to do right. uh, with the longevity in Philadelphia. Did he? He didn't get the Lombardi, but he got him there, which you know was hadn't been done in what twenty plus twenty five years. No. And he now had, what he's done in Kansas right. City, I, you, he he's absolutely in that conversation that that upper echelon of uh, head coaches. So yeah, it's just crazy. All right, well. We just got a few minutes here left, Chad, and I think we we need to get a a Super Bowl prediction. You don't have to get in the score if you don't want to do anything like that, but let's let, let's break it down. What do you see happening when let's let's see where do we want to go first? Well, let's go Chiefs offense versus Niners defense. Who do you think has the the edge and why? I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. <laughs> I think I'm biased, but um, I mean, obviously, I have the pass rushers with Chase Young and uh, Joey Bosa or um, Bosa, Nick, Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa yeah. yeah, I keep saying Joe because I play with him in the AFC West against him. But, <laughs> okay, uh, Nick Bosa, but they have good rushers. Warner's obviously a great Mike linebacker. Um, we actually had uh, who's the defensive back in Kansas City? That's actually their defensive back now, um, number seven. The heck is his name? Oh, real long. We had him in yeah, Kansas yeah. City for a couple of years. Oh, he's in San Francisco. Yeah, but he's actually a, a great corner. Travis Ward. Yes, yes, okay. Ward. So he's a very good corner. Um, we'll see who they match against Kelsey. I don't think they have a guy that can really match up against him. Well, the guy that probably would have done it towards did he tear his ACL or something like midseason? Um, the the, the uh, Polynesian. Yeah, was, Polynesian. Yeah. Uh, what's I can't. I know his name. Yeah, but it's just hard to say because all these playoff teams and the teams that we played late in the season, Kansas city's always had the favor over them since I've been there. Like the last five years, like San Francisco really hasn't beaten us. I don't know. I don't know if they beat us one, maybe once, but I think we're our record in the last five years has been pretty high on San Francisco. Like the way they play zone defense, like I said in the beginning, which we should attack pretty well. Um, I feel if we run the game, stay efficient in the run game, and Patrick stays on time with those pass rushers, I, I don't see them stopping us at all. Last time, let's see, last time the 49ers won was 2014. See, so, yeah, since I've been there, you know, we've had the upper hand, and we beat them pretty heavily two years ago, I want to say, or maybe last year at San Francisco. 
Um, Last year, 44-23. Yeah. So I actually got in that game, and uh, Kelsey needed like two more catches to break some record, and we tried a couple of these screens, <laughs> and one got batted down. The other, It was just a shit show. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And Coach Reed's like, can you just get them? I'm like, I'm trying. And I'm like, they're keep biting my ball down. I'm like, I don't know. They know it's going to him. Right, right, right. It's a lot if harder. If he's in the game and I'm in the game, yes. like, they know we're getting him yes, the ball. Yes. Like, but, I mean, we've had the upper hand. So, I, I mean, I would say the Chiefs, um, you know, have the favorite. Yeah, it's it's been interesting because I feel like last year, and especially earlier this year, everyone was talking about how great the 49ers defense is. That, that 49ers defense is electric. They just have been sh- shutting down everyone. But they have not played well the end well, of this year, especially the two playoff games. I, I said it. Like, the Lions handed it to them, right? Like, they had it. And we talk about, like, players that always step up in the big moment and the, and the lions didn't get it done. They've had, they had a great season and I think they're headed in the right direction. And I think Dan Campbell is the right guy for that. man, he, he got them there and I think he's the guy to give them their best shot to moving forward. But like that green Bay game, I said green Bay played well for 10 minutes of that game in the third quarter, the rest of the game, they didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Like, the first half, they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They had right. to kick field goals from inside the 10. Like, the second, in the fourth quarter, they couldn't stop anybody. Like, now, the Niners can only play who's there. Like, it's not their fault that the Cowboys lost and the right. Eagles lost. And, you know, like, they, they can't beat teams that are also playing Losing, poorly yeah. and not getting to play them. But, like, yeah. I feel like if if they would have beaten, you know, the Cowboys in the second, or the Eagles in the second round, then the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, not the way that those teams were playing at the end, but like, you know, in the way that like, I would like to think those teams were playing then, you know, I think I'd be like, Oh man, look out. But I'm like, I don't, I just haven't been impressed. They they've won. And that is all that matters. Sure. But I'm just like, I don't watch either of those games. And I'm like, Oh, like they're dominant. They're dominant. Mm-hmm. Now I say right. that I watched the chiefs, but it was very different, you know, go down early in this run of success. They would, go down to some teams and then just come storming back. But like, I feel like they've matured out of that. And this is the like, no, our defense is going to dominate. We're going to figure you out. Our offense is going to figure you out. And then we're going to get the points we need. And our defense is going to do it. Like I I would think, I mean, the chiefs game plan on defense is stop the run first, obviously stop the run and see if Brock Purdy can beat us. And obviously he has the weapons. uh, See if we can match up with their skill. And if we shut down the run and the Chiefs are able to run the ball, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the biggest factor. I think whoever has the most rushing yards in this game, I think, will Please. turn out to be the winner. Well, like, I think th- it's not a stretch to be like, this Chiefs defense is the best defense they've faced since they got blown out by the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like, completely. So I'm just yeah. like, you look at Detroit's defense. Detroit's defense, everyone said going in, like, how's Detroit going to stop them? Yeah, they were C. Right? They, their DBs can't stop anyone. And for a half, they were good. Yep. Yeah. And then they didn't get pressure. Yeah. And that well, was I it. think Aaron Glenn but, had a good scheme, a good um, right. game plan. And eventually, you know, like good teams do, the right. 49ers adjusted and they were able but, to take. But take you look down at the, the Chiefs, Lions. like the Chiefs aren't. Niners have great talent on, on offense, but like the Niners or the Chiefs aren't like so outmanned. Sure. You know, like they've got those DBs in the back are young and yeah. good. Yeah, Sneed's playing unbelievable. Yeah. McDuffie, McDuffie uh, yep. playing really well. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But and I think it's the run game. 
a bunch of them played in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, you know, and like, that that's yeah. going to be a big factor because I mean, there's some guys in the 49ers that are obviously are still there that were in the Super Bowl in 2019, but just us being there four times or whatever it is right. in, the last, in the last five, five years. Yeah. It's like we have a process. So right. this whole week that they just went, they already know it. They're going to go to the same week once they get out to Vegas. It's just by script. We have halftime already planned out by the minute. Like, you know, you're doing something at this minute. So, you know, there's there's a lot to it that, you know, goes in other than just football. Do you know what the line is, Justin? I know it's been moving. I opened. Two and a half. Uh, yeah. I know, but opened at that. Is it still at See, that? I yeah, that's what I had seen. I had seen that the Niners were slight favorites. That's wild to me. I was like, stunned. I sent it to you. I was stunned. Not not that I don't think they're good. I think they're good. They I, they were the best team in the NFC. But I don't think it's a stretch to be like the Chiefs, even though they weren't the one seed and everything this year. Are by far the best team they, I think are, they have played in a month. Right you now. know, like actually, my son Chase said something a random fact. <laughs> I love it. I forget what it is. It's sixteen and three. The team that wears white. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sixteen wins the three, and Chiefs are actually one of the teams in red. Correct. Which we beat the 49ers yep. in. So the Chiefs will be in red. Yep. 49ers will be in white. So it'll be yeah. fun to see that. Obviously, Regression the Super Bowl the logo. Got a little messed yeah, up with yeah. the purple and red. Austin but. was all no, on I'm, that train I'm good with like that. a few weeks ago. Yeah, I hate conspiracy crap. <laughs> yeah. Austin was all on that. He's like, it's rigged. I'm like, it's not rigged. But the colors. I'm like, I know the colors. <laughs> but he's like, so how isn't it? I'm like, it's hard to prove a negative, bud. But trust me on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like preseason, though. Like, hey, who is like the number one teams that are coming back? I mean, I don't I, know. Well, the, actually, they usually, they usually release – the logo for the next one, right? Like right at the end of this one. Yeah, like, it's yeah. they have it so, so far. So Chad's advanced. not letting <laughs> it slip that he gets the script. You know, right, every yeah. every July. Right, yeah. So you know, like, so when you got the script each season, <laughs> uh, what what was the first thing you turned to? Um, well, yeah, you won the Super Bowl in white last year. That's a, your, yep. your last year. Last game jersey was yep. was white, and proving that a uh, weird correlation of teams wearing white winning the Super Bowl. That's a great pool pie chase. I saw that this week on the great uh, Uni Watch blog that I. Read read yeah it's crazy 16 and 3 in the last uh, 19 Super Bowls the team wearing white came out on top but like you said Chiefs won it in red against this team just a few years ago it's the exact same aesthetic uh, matchup as yep. four years ago um, Chiefs 49ers uh, red for Kansas City white for San Francisco so I don't, you got anything else you want to ask? Any final any final thoughts? Any final questions? No, I mean, I just think it, it should be a good game. Um, I mean, I'd be okay if the if the Chiefs just blew them out. Like people are, I, I, feel like, I feel like good Super Bowls are overrated. Like, well, you know, it was funny. Well, you don't want like a big blowout. Then it's like, okay, well, how many beers can I drink? <laughs> Growing up, we got. Awful Super Bowls. The Super Bowls were terrible yeah. when we were younger. I, I'm. I don't think any of us are old enough to remember the wide right Norwood Bills Giants. I don't have any recollection see, of that I game. See, I'm not even sure I was st- seeing the whole thing. Like I remember watching things, but I feel like I might have still been going to bed at halftime of those. Like I watched all of. Was it Washington Buffalo? That wasn't a close game. All of the Buffalo Dallas game. That Buffalo. Uh, Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, San Diego, um, the Green Bay games. I guess Packers Broncos wasn't terrible. 
that wasn't too bad. But I, I feel like the we didn't get a really great one until Rams Titans. Yeah. With uh, that was, was Kevin crazy. McNair to Dice was it Kevin Dyson? I yeah. think coming up just short. Um, but that kind of like was a blip because then there was a bunch of blowouts uh, for a while. But I, I feel like we've gotten much better games in the last decade or so. Uh, exciting moments, ones that you know had us wondering down to the end. You know, the first one that you were in, uh, Kansas City was losing down in the 10. fourth quarter, right? Yeah, down ten, yeah, yeah. and they came back to win yeah. by eleven, like. I mean, all the playoff games this year have been tremendous. I mean, everything's a tight game, which is what you want to see as a fan. Like, you know, it's been really, really good games. And um, the the numbers that these games are getting are just absurd. Just absurd. Both games over 50 million last year. Like, I'm I'm hopeful for a a good Super Bowl game. I'd like to see them eclipse. You know, imagine if they get to. Because I think they've been in like the mid one tens, like round one fifteen. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, by and large, the last you know handful of years for the Super Wait, Bowl broadcast. I do, I do find it amusing. And there's some people like Mike Greenberg used to be big on this. He's just like, so you mean to tell me two thirds of the people are not watching are the not Super watching the Super Bowl? He's like, I don't believe it. Yeah. He's like, I don't believe it. Like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, who, <laughs> what are you who, doing? Right. And I say that, but like, I know, I know people who have been like. Like next week, they'll be like, "Oh, who's playing?" And I want to be like, "Our lives are so different." Like well, Taylor yeah. Swift <laughs> is going to be at the game, so we're going to add. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, okay. okay. That, let, let, let's close. I, I do want to have a question. Then, well, we, we can ask about Taylor. That's fine. But I wanted to ask about when you were on with us in March. You you had a playoff touchdown last January to Travis. He threw that ball into the stands. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got that ball back, correct? Yep. You were on the, I was li- on the podcast. The yeah. live recording yep. of the podcast after During winning the, the Super Bowl. That what was that experience like? It was awesome. I mean, I came on the podcast. I knew I was going out there. Um, had a couple of uh, appearances out there, and then got to meet up with the guys. And I'm coming on stage, like just thinking I'm on the podcast. Like I knew the ball was somewhere out there, but I was like, <laughs> I was already. I got another ball. Like Patrick gave me one of the game balls. Uh, in the locker room so I got it painted and I'm like I'm fine like a ball's a ball like obviously it means a lot but no big deal and then right when we're about to end that podcast uh, Travis stands up he's like who's the fan that caught this they talked about the moment and the fan stands up and he has the ball I'm like Holy shit. And then I started thinking, like, how the hell am I going to get this home? Like, I didn't pack enough to put a ball in my bag. Like, can you guys ship that? Or, like, how does this work? But no, drop, that I was like. stop at UPS now. Yeah, but it was a really cool experience. And for the fan itself to, like, bring that. Travis obviously, you know, gave him tickets to come to the podcast, which is really cool on his part. And I'm sure Travis signed probably jersey or something for him uh, to get him that ball back, which. Uh, now it's down in the basement. It's you know, you know, hanging up. So it's forever it, yours, cool. family heirloom. Yeah, great story attached to it. That's that's awesome. So yeah, let, let's round it out. How how has uh, has Taylor Swift taken over your house? Is that something that a Britney <laughs> and and Hunter are into? Or yeah, I mean, they went to the concert last year in Philly, okay. and um, yeah, I mean, they love Taylor Swift. And of course, Britney was like, "It's the best concert ever." Three hours of her just like singing her heart out, which. Rightfully so. Like, I've never been to a concert, but obviously her songs are catchy. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm a fan. I I think it's, she's really, really good at what she does. And, 
you know, sometimes it takes away from the game, but <laughs> actually it probably brings in the female side that really hasn't watched football. And now they're really into learning something new. So I think there's a plus to it, uh, side of it. I mean, I don't think they should show her as many times. <laughs> I'd rather see Jason Kelsey jump out of a, <laughs> you know, a suite with his shirt off yeah. and, you know, do that. But you know, it, it's cool. I, I, my daughter, Oh, there's Taylor. Like, yeah. you know, I it's think- really that's been the biggest development um, f- for me, and I know a lot of other uh, girl dads that are big into football. You know, it wasn't, it hasn't been a revelation for my relationship with Natalie because she was already big into football, but she definitely is more aware and likes to watch other games than just the ones that I'm interested in. Sure. Um, but Taylor Swift going to the Chiefs, who she was already familiar with, or she was super excited about that. But there's been so many people reactions on online of how, hey, my daughter wants to watch football now because she might get to see Taylor Swift, and now we watch football games because of Taylor Swift. You know, There's a guy that took his daughter to the Bills Chiefs playoff game. She never wanted to go before because Taylor Swift associated with she got this. So you know, people are making memories that they didn't get to before. So right. it's pretty sweet. And like the uh, New York Times article said, she's been shown on average about 25 seconds a game. So it's yeah. a three-hour sporting event. <laughs> if you can't handle 25 seconds, I'm not really sure what to right, tell right. you. I feel yeah. like you're looking for something <laughs> To be angry about yeah, it at that so, point. Yeah, so and if, if that's what uh, if you want to suffer in silence, that's on you. But <laughs> and uh, I leave I leave Travis's obviously personal life away. But I was down at the Pro Bowl doing that best catch, which I showed oh, yeah, you guys, yeah. and um, I was talking with Jason down there. And I didn't want to like, I'm like, you do know, like, she's from like our yeah, hometown. Right, like, right, I don't, right. I don't like talk to, I talk to Travis, like on, you know, bits and pieces, maybe <laughs> on Instagram, we, you know, send each other some stories or like, whatever, like funny stories. But other than that, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, you do know Taylor's from like right where I grew up. I, I don't bring that up. I'm just like, <laughs> let it be, you know, yeah. you enjoy your life. And literally like a block from the high school yeah. <laughs> on Grandview Boulevard. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. We're wild. That world's colliding. Uh, well, big night for us on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. And a big night for Taylor Swift at the Grammys. I'm sure she's won an award by now. <laughs> no. um, but, yeah. I, so, go Chiefs, I guess, is the ultimate from all three of us here. Go Kansas City, rooting for a, another Chiefs Super Bowl win against the 49ers this time. I feel like, though, we are probably in the minority when you're talking about the rest of the country. I think the country is uh, outside of NFC West teams, probably. Uh, I feel like the Patriots syndrome has kicked in with Kansas City now, and I, I think you are going to get a lot of people cheering for the 49ers because of Kansas City's success and the people that can't get over the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff. Um, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, no, thanks for having me. But it's always a blast with you guys. Yeah, I'm glad we could get you know, I reached out late in the process saying, Hey, if you're not going to the national championship, we'd love to have you on to talk about that game. Yeah. Uh, but it was great to hear that you were going and, and got to go and, and, and see that victory for your alma mater. Um, but we'll have to have you back on again sometime. Maybe we'll do a Bulldog Hour episode uh, sometime soon. Uh, we're actually starting our 10th year covering That's Wilson crazy. football, That's awesome. which is uh, bananas. But We're old. <laughs> we, yeah, you we, guys do a great job with that. <laughs> I mean, great supporters in Wilson football and obviously our community too. Uh, well, thank you very much. And Chad, I always uh, appreciate you taking time away from uh, the family and, and on your dad's birthday, <laughs> uh, hanging out with here, us here on the show. Really appreciate it. But uh, anything else, Justin? We'll nope. sign off and get out of here. Yep. All right. Thanks so much to uh, Chad for joining us here on episode 393 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. I think that's about it. I don't think I have any 
announcements. Well, we won't have a show next week. Uh, Super Bowl 58. Go watch it. Chiefs 49ers in Las Vegas. Going to be a good one. We'll be back in. Well, actually, Justin, that's our anniversary, the show anniversary next week. There we go. So we're we're at, uh, look at that, 13. Big big number for Taylor Swift, and we we got nice. to hear with the show 13th Congrats. anniversary uh, on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So we won't have a show that week. We'll be back with episode 394 on February 18th. We'll, we will recap the Super Bowl, and we will honestly probably talk about the 2024 season because we're gluttons for pro football, and that's pretty much all we talk about. But Justin and I will get back into. Uh, playing the college football video game with our Florida Atlantic Owls. We'll preview the upcoming baseball season. We'll obviously do our March Madness pool. We love to do that every year. And there will be on occasion uh, Bulldog Hour episodes coming up until that gets going a full speed ahead. And that's not until uh, end of July or August. So a lot of time to talk about pro football here on the Joe Mays and JRF show. But that's it. So for Chad and Justin, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be back again in two weeks. We hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at JoeMaysAndJRaff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRaff Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network. Home to other productions, such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.